The Football Trash Talk for Real Fans podcast is an unscripted and free-flowing conversation that may touch on mature subjects. While the opinions are real, the research probably isn't, and we can't help that Atticus will probably talk about the Knicks. And here we go. He trumped dudes. It wasn't just in a preseason game. He did it pretty consistently. <laughs> he left dudes saying, what happened? You better put some respect on his name when we're talking about the champion, the Davion Clown. And I'm just going on eye test here, right? Like, I like the look of this coaching staff, you know? All right, enough of this. Let's see what kind of shit we get into today. <laughs> Boy, it's all yours. Back for another Sunday afternoon. Football Trash Talk for Real Fans Podcast. I think we have a couple of dimensions to talk about prediction-wise today. But aside from that, there's, there's, I mean, we're coming up close, what, four days away from the draft? Yep, yeah, four days. People are in a frenzy. All kinds of stuff happening. Browns made a signing. We'll probably touch on that. Even though this is football, Atticus is geared up. And next, we're certain to talk about that. Um, but, uh, you know, let me, let me uh, give it over to the boys, see what's, see what's on their minds. Well, you know what's interesting about this year's draft is uh, I feel like no two mock drafts are the same this year, which is kind of fun. Uh, in years past, you've had, like, a definite, like, three or four guys where it's like, okay, these are definitely, like, you know, and this year it's kind of the quarterbacks, but there's so much good talent that there's no, like, outside of Trevor Lawrence, there's no, like, eight, like just head and shoulders above the rest superstar. So you just have a lot of different mock drafts, a lot of different people going a lot of different places, people trading up, people trading down. Um, you know, just, just following the, the, the Browns, because that's what I do, there's been, like, mock drafts where we trade up as far. I've seen mock drafts having us trade up as far up as, like, 12th or 13th to get, you know, Mika Parsons. I've had them seeing us draft, uh, a dra- a dra- trading up to uh, get, um, uh, what's his name, the, the DB out of South Carolina, uh, uh there you go. Yeah. Um, you know, and I've seen us trading back and picking up a DE. So um, it's all over the place. It's going to be real exciting. I'm, I'm real pumped for uh, for the draft this Thursday. What do you think? To that point, yeah, there's like a, a real nice assortment of different skill positions available for the first round in this draft. So it's not like heavy quarterback late or wide receiver late. Like you got some good linebackers. I mean, the only thing that's probably deficient would be O-line. That looks like is in this draft in the first round, but you got a lot to choose from. And I've seen a whole bunch of mock drafts out there too. And and like you said, you follow the Browns, I follow the Giants. I got people saying we should go wide receiver first round. I mean, there are a couple of guys that if they're available, you pick them no matter what. But and then you got other people saying you go O line or edge rusher. But there's a lot of different possibilities in this draft. So the question I want to ask you guys: out of the uh, the five quarterbacks with, that are slated to go in the top ten. You see, which one do you see, A, just because I saw it on Cowherd this week, which one do you see? Because every time there's a bunch of quarterbacks taken, there's usually one really good one. There will be two or three of them or two additional on top of that one that are like, you know, they'll be solid for their teams. Um, and then you got one that will fail with his current team but then catch on somewhere else. And you got one that's just going to be an absolute bust. So one, who do you think is going to be the bust? And two, uh, just kind of tag with that. Do you see any of the quarterbacks maybe sliding a little bit farther than we think? One just for whatever reason not getting picked up to like say the Patriots at fifteen or something like that. Um, Loyal, kick it over to you. 
So just going back to the mock draft thing, right? I think it's really interesting. Like one and two quarterback coming off the board is pretty solid, right? Like Trevor Lawrence and, and um, Zach, what's his name? Zach Wilson, right? Like it's pretty solid right there. Uh, haven't really seen anything get out of the way of that. I have seen Justin Fields' name pop up to number three, which is super interesting because, you know, up till this week, I think that, you know, the the experts were moving towards Mac Jones in that slot, but um, I don't, you know, I think I think Justin Fields might have impressed a lot of people at his, at his pro day. So, you know, he's a specimen, you know. Um, so bust-wise, though, like I think that bust-wise could be Zach Wilson, right? And I'm just going to go out on a limb there, right? Like, I think the Jets are heavy on him right now, too. They're super heavy on him. And, and you know, he looks super good, you know, but it's still the Jets, right? And I know they got a new coach and they got a new new system in place, right? But, you know, Salah's not an offensive-minded dude, right? So, like, you know, Gordy probably knows a little bit more about this than I do, and he would absolutely counter my point. But, you know, until I see something different coming out of the New York Jets, like Sanchez – was not a bad quarterback coming out of college. He was actually pretty fucking good, you know. Uh, he was USC, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Mm-hmm. Sam, Sam Darnold. I I thought he had the best upside of any quarterback coming out of that draft, right? Just just from you know the tangibles that he was bringing to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and New York Jets just ate him alive, right? If I was going to pick somebody else, I might lead Trevor Lawrence because. I don't know what the Jags are going to do to put a team around him, right? Like, I mean, they, they do something every decade where they put a solid team together, but it's never really been an offensive powerhouse. And that, that spells trouble for him, right? Like, we've seen him play under pressure when they get to the, the championship games and he's playing against a higher level of competition. You know, he still wins. Like, let's, let's, I'm not going to take that away from him. And he's like the highest rated quarterback ever in, in all of, of draft analysis history. Um, but it's the Jaguars, right? Uh, I think Trey Lance is going to be a stud. I really do. I watched a, I watched an outbreak on that kid. And he's just got the mindset and the skill set. Like he's pissed. Like he didn't get any offers from big colleges. So he went to North Dakota State. He lit it up there. Uh, for a season, right? But then they, that 2020 was what it is. But uh, he's, he's, it just seemed like he had the right mindset, the right drive, the right grit to uh, take it to the next level. So uh, if anybody's going to get traded, I don't know. Like, I don't know where Mac Jones is going to go, right? Uh, I think Mac Jones could be a quality NFL quarterback, Right, I just think I think he's got tangibles to do that. I don't know if it's going to be with the team that drafts him. Plus, he's got a cool last name too, right? Mac yeah. Jones. Mac it Jones. just rolls off the tongue, nice. No, he should be a PI on some. Uh, <laughs> well, no, I mean, if if we're going backs. if we're going with the name test, I, Trey Lance. I mean, if Trey I Lance could choose, a good one too. yeah, Trey Lance. That's just that screams at it. Like, what other? What other profession other than NFL QB could a guy named Trey Lance really be doing? Like, like some sort of like I don't know, maybe like high end like defense lawyer. Like, but other than that, like Trey Lance, yeah, you're you're an NFL quarterback. I, that does not surprise me that that's that's gentleman's name. 
Um, I'll, uh, I'll throw my two cents in and we'll kick it over to Atticus. But uh, yeah, I'm kind of on board with the, uh, the, the Zach Wilson um, for a couple reasons. One, uh, yeah, you know, he's going to the Jets, which I, I like. I like uh, Saleh as a head coach, but he's a rookie head coach. Um, and uh, he's in a tough coaching division. They're like two bona fide, you know, good coaches in there. And plus you got Belichick on top of that, who's possibly, who's arguably, you know, top five coaches of all time, if not the best coach of all time. So that's, that's a tough division to cut your teeth in as far as like being a rookie head coach. Um, that being said, uh, Zach, the other thing on Zach Wilson is his scouting report reads a whole lot like Sam Darnold's does. And we just saw what New York did to Sam Darnold. So I, you're, you're trading Sam Darnold to just kind of get a younger Sam Darnold as far as the scouting reports read. So, I, you know, I, I look at it and I'm like, okay. So, yeah, he, he made a couple throws. But, you know, in college, he has the same kind of thing. He kind of has that gunslinger mentality, needs to work on his footwork, uh, throws some balls he shouldn't, gets picked off a little more than he should. He's Sam Darnold. He's Sam Darnold 2.0. Um, or maybe even Sam Darnold clone might be more uh, accurate description there. Um, as far as quarterbacks sliding, it's going to be whoever uh, between Justin Fields and uh, Mac Jones, whoever the Niners don't take. I still don't believe the Niners gave up what they gave to uh, gave up to come up to number three to draft Mac Jones. I just that just still doesn't sit right with me. I think the whole that's who we're going after is a just a smokescreen. Why I, you're the third pick? Why well, I don't know why you need to play that game with the third pick, but. It just doesn't seem like that's who they're – but whoever they don't pick is the one I see sliding maybe into the later first round, like, you know, 13, 14, 15, somewhere in that range. Um, but, yeah, it's it's I, I'm leaning Mac Jones because I, I just can't see the Niners giving up what they gave up to trade all the way up to three. I mean, that's what they gave up. That's like, a, that's like career on the line type movement, right? Like, if that doesn't work, you're fired as a GM, you're in trouble as a head coach at, you know, at like – very least you're going to be in serious trouble as a head coach with as far as your future with the team goes. So it seems like a lot to bet on Mac Jones who people, you know, prior to them trading up and saying we're taking Mac Jones or hinting at it, we're saying we're the, was the fourth or fifth best quarterback in this draft. So um, yeah, with that being said, Atticus, what are your thoughts? I think a lot of the, the success of these quarterbacks coming out of the draft are going to be largely dependent on the coaching. Um, I think it's safe to say that we all agree that Trevor Lawrence is just a, an unbelievable talent coming out of the draft. Watching him in college, I, I remember the first time I saw him play, I was like, look at this skinny girl-like dude. That's, and he was just ripping. And it didn't matter who he played, he, what defense he went up against. He had some stellar performances in his uh, college career. I think the level of competition in college also says a lot, how many starts that you got as a quarterback. I think that's a large part of the reason why Dwayne Haskins didn't do well coming out of Ohio State in 2020. I mean, that team was just stacked with talent, and I think the team just made him look better. And Ohio State just runs the gamut on their competition. So when you look at, <clears throat> when you look at Justin Fields coming out of there, it makes me pause a minute to wonder, would he be the one to slide based on the uh, amount of talent that surrounded him in Ohio State also? So I really think it largely depends on coaching, and it's too soon to tell. Slay's a defensive-minded coach, but I've seen some defensive-minded coaches let the offense be run 
wholly through their offensive coordinators. I don't know if he's going to be a signal caller uh, on, on the sideline. I can't imagine that he would want to take on that role. I would think that he's going to put that in the hands of whoever he hires as his, or has in place as his offensive coordinator. So I think the jury's still out on that. I don't know who's going to slide. I think Mac Jones is probably going to do okay. You think about the draft order. You got the Jags. You know they're taking Trevor Lawrence. I agree with what Mike said about the Jets. And it's, it's kind of like a stigma that surrounds them more than anything that I can rely on with their coaching staff on what they're going to do with Zach Wilson. Because you don't, you don't know. You just say it's almost like the way that you, 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 you framed the Browns 10 years ago. It's the Browns. It didn't matter who the fuck came out of the draft. You thought they were going to be a bust because they were going to the Browns. And that's who the Jets have become. You kind of think that they're going to ruin the career of who would have otherwise been a, a solid quarterback in this league. So if I had to, to, to take a guess, it's really a coin flip. Trey Lance, I honestly don't know enough about to, to comment on him, so I'm not going to say much about him. But if I had to, I'm going to have to go with, I hate to say it, but Justin Fields coming out of Ohio State. I just don't have the faith that he had enough of his individual talent that he was forced to win games out there. Well, the one thing I will say to that is, does Ohio State have any other first-round prospects this year outside of Justin Fields? Uh, let's take a look. Like, I don't think – I can't think of any other Ohio State player that's projected to get maybe, like, no, maybe – No, Yeah. So, I mean – Not in the first round. So, he doesn't – like, I, I get what you're saying about Ohio State, um, but I think this year in particular, they just don't have that – they don't have NFL yeah. – as much NFL talent around them as, like, say, Dwayne Haskins did. My take on Ohio State quarterbacks is, especially since Urban Meyer now Ryan Day is taking over, they run a really gimmicky offense that I don't think necessarily translates uh, exceptionally well into the NFL, which is the which is the the knock I would say. Um, but that being said, uh, I, I have a little bit before we segue into the uh, um, into the, the the different conferences and the projected win totals. So we talked a little bit last week about uh you know the post that kind of had me going um go, going into my uh, I don't I don't give a fuck mode and uh, so I decided you know what what kind of posts were my contemporaries uh posting when the group first started so I went back in time and I dug up both the first posts for one Atticus J Davis and oh, the first no, post for one uh Michael Loy and we got some interesting results so I don't know if you guys are going to be able to see this when I put it up here but uh, Atticus, in his normal trash-talking form, uh, much to the amusement of my girlfriend, I don't know if you guys can see this, but uh, it's a post of a New York Giants cheese grater grating a pile of Green Bay cheese. So that's uh, that's Atticus's first, yeah, that's Atticus's first draft pick or uh, draft pick. Uh, that's his first post in the group. Uh, now this, Wait, what was the date on that? Uh, November eleventh, two thousand thirteen. Oh, yeah. Wow. And so from that same day, we have a post from Michael Loy, uh, and in a, uh, a case of life imitating art and proof that uh, nothing ever really changes over time, uh, it's a post that says, giant fans be like, let's go Knicks, and it's two guys sitting in uh, New York Knicks uniforms. So 
Well, the season was usually over at that point, so you know. it hadn't even started. And it was over. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's uh, that's where we got on that. You guys spent a lot of time ranking on Tony Tony Romo. I, I feel a little uh, QB jealousy back in the uh, early two thousand teens from uh, from you two. But other than that, it's a nice that little... is, that's quite interesting, Chris. And I think that it would make a hell of a post on the page to go back, like look at the top fifty. Right, uh, uh, like Andy likes to call them the fam fifty. Right, there's fifty people that that regularly post on the page. Right, go back and get their first post and and like make a post about that. Right, <laughs> like I think that would be a phenomenal discussion. I mean, not that anyone else that like you know the six people that occasionally tune into parts of this podcast would know, but we could just do it on here. That would be kind of funny. I'd be interested to know what uh, Gorky's first post was. So my first post, I actually just happened to remember this one because it's probably the most posts I got the comment on because I came in like a ball of fire. My first post, I couldn't find it exactly just because I did leave the group at one point and then come back. So it has a different first post than what my actual first post was. But I posted that uh, Peyton Manning is the most overrated quarterback in NFL history. Um, that was my first post in the group. So how you doing? Anyway, we don't have to discuss that, though. We can, we can let that slide. I, I think it generated a bunch of comments at the time. Most people were telling me uh, I'm a Browns fan and don't know what I'm talking about. So, obviously, not much has changed. Um, that being said, I'd like to get into those division, uh, those win total predictions. Do you guys have any thoughts on that, any of what I just said? or you guys, Mike's looking pensive, so now I'm... I love it. <laughs> you know, I, I want to know what Gorky's first post was. I want to know what Andy's first post was. Uh, I want to know what Felix's first post was. We I mean, we have some we, guys who aren't present, like Sporn, Tamara. Yeah. There's some other. What's the other guy? The 49ers, uh, 49ers fan. He always talks Charles. About Charles. His post. There were some good ones. But I, you know who I miss? I can't. I don't know his name. He only put like by the time I was like real active in the group. He only made a few posts, and then he kind of disappeared. But it was the guy that would always make posts about the Cowboys and have like Weed M Boys playing in the background and he'd just be like driving in his truck like laughing. He always disappeared. He came to one of the trash talk barbecues. He had like four names. He was Carlos at one point, then he was something else. And then and he just dis and he was great. He was awesome. He 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 was an active participant, but he would go through these moments where he would disappear. So Yeah, no, I just I just remember his videos and it, 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 they were hilarious, and I don't know what happened to that guy. I think about him sometimes. Come back. Come back if you're listening. He, 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 he was an admin at one point, that dude Carlos, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He was. He was good. You know. Darby's <laughs> thought of the day. Yeah. Bring that back. The other the other post, the other uh, poster who hasn't posted in a while was, uh, who was the, like the Brandon Gorky, Sam Darnold uh, mock account? That posted for like I want to say like a year ago, two years ago. I can't remember the that name. Was Greg. What? That was Greg Vanella. Greg Vanella. But he made he made like a different account, and he like yeah. just would, he like had a fake diploma or what? <laughs> like I don't even remember all the hilarious. Yeah, he left Facebook altogether. Great guy though. Yeah, so that's definitely something we can make. I can I can go look up other people's first posts. We can see what Kelly's first post was. We can have all kinds of fun. I'm gonna do a fake fake Darby thought of the day this year. That's a fucking great idea. I'm just going to start it. I'm going to make a fake account. A fake John Darby thought of the 
Do it. I love it. <laughs> Nothing like alienating our few listeners by talking about things they have no idea about. Anyway, um, so yeah, so let's segue from that. Uh, we got so last week we did the north and the east. Um, I'd like to get through a couple more today. Uh, so, Loy, you got the uh, you got the wind holes in front of you there. You can just go ahead and pick a division. We can just go through. Um, did we do the AFC East? No, we didn't do the AFC East. We just did the let's, NFC East and the AFC North. So Let's start with the AFC East. Okay. They got the Bills at 10 and a half. I take the overall day long. Because there are 17 wins I'll take, or 17 games I'll take the uh, over, I think that division is going to be a lot tougher this year. Um, you know, you're gonna, the New York Jets, say what you want about them, I think they're going to improve somewhat. Um, I feel like, you know, at least with the new, they're going to have a new energy, um, a defensive guy that knows what he's doing. Uh, you know, the, 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 I mean, the, the dolphins are, are set up to have a spectacular draft this year. Uh, they're really going to be, they did, they had a, they had a good off season. Um, you know, they have like a bunch of, they have two or three picks, uh, or I'm sorry, two picks in the first round and like a couple more in the second. So they're going to have a lot of, you know, they're going to be reloaded. Um, I, th- I just think it's going to be an incredibly tough division. The Patriots, um, I still think, are in the heads a little bit. Like, even even last year when they were kind of not doing so hot, they still played the Bills tight both games. Um, so I, th- I think it's going to be um, – and plus the Patriots are getting a lot of people back that sat out for COVID as well. So I just think the division is going to be really hard. Uh, because there are 17 games, I think they'll get to 11. But it's going to be a hard-fought 11. It's not going to be a cakewalk. Yeah, I say, I say no problem because when you look at last year, playoffs included, they won nine games at home, right? They have nine regular season games at home this year. So, uh, you know, I just if if they win seven of those, they're only three three and a half games away from yeah. hitting the mark. So it, it just I don't see them not doing it. But I will agree with you on the Patriots being a tough route this year, right? Like. Uh, and, and I have no viable evidence to show me otherwise, but if there's ever going to be one team that was overly aggressive in free agency and spent a shit ton of money and made it work, it would be the Patriots, right? No right. team typically does, but I could see this very well happening for them, right? Like, they just spent a shit ton of money, they plugged some holes, they brought in two tight ends, uh, you know, and that's, that's how they won. Right, with a two tight end offense. So, uh, Miami, I'm not as so, like they're over unders nine. Uh, I'm not sold on Tua right now at all. Uh, I, I gotta see another full season to uh, see what he can do. I think their defense is fairly stellar. I love their coach, um, but I still think they got a little bit of ways to go. And, and the Jets, I, I just don't know. Right, like will they be better? Yes. But I also don't think it's going to be leaps and bounds better, right? It's it's still they won two games last year. Two. Yeah, no, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying the Jets are something going to jump up and win eight, but I think they're going to be I think they're going to be more energized this year. Like you could see it last year. Like they didn't even want to show up on Sundays half the time. I think they're going to be more energized this year, and I think uh, they're they're a prime team to win a couple games that they shouldn't. Um, so, you know, and of course, and, and if you were going to tell me they're going to win a couple games they shouldn't, I'd say it's going to come against uh, uh, Division Foe, right? So um, that's just my thing. But yeah, I, I, five, like, I think we touched on it before, five, six wins for them. 
is going to be a, a good marker, I think. Um, the Jets? The Jets, yeah. Five, yeah six. They got their over-under at six. Oh, so there we go. Five, six. So, uh, yeah, yeah I, I'd say that's that's right about where they should be. I'd have a hard time saying over that, um, but I think that's a good, that's a good indicator. Um, yeah, that... Uh, the, the one thing I'll say about the Patriots is regardless of the talent they have on the field, I think Bill Belichick is still just kind of in the heads of the teams there, at least for another season or two. Um, so I think that just plays a factor. But anyway, I'll back out. And uh, Atticus, what do you got? Yeah, definitely the over. Like, so the Bills own that division right now. There's not even a question about it. It, it would be very different. I think the conversation would go very differently if the Bills were like eking out wins between their division opponents and some of the other talent that they had to face, they were destroying other teams. And the end of the season, even in um, through their playoff run, when the season started to come to its conclusion, these guys looked unbelievably good. I mean, Josh Allen, the talent that he was able to, to put on a field, he would make plays from one side of the field, and you're never supposed to throw back to the other side. And he would do it as if it was a designed play, even though it was a broken play. And he just looked spectacular. The defense was playing well. I don't know that the the Patriots, and, and I get it, the name recognition that comes with Bill Belichick and, and thinking that, that he may still be in their heads, but... I don't think that phases the Bills not one bit. If we're just talking about the Bills, the strength of their schedule, the talent that their team has, what they did in free agency, if they're going to win more than 10 and a half or, 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 or less than that, I don't know how you could even form an argument to say that they, they win less than that. Well, I, also, I also think I, I will say they had one of the most underrated signings of the offseason when they picked up Emmanuel Sanders. So... You know that adds a, a KG veteran that's been to the been to the Super Bowl uh, a couple times, makes the playoffs fairly. And the game winning catch in a Super Bowl. Yeah, too. yeah. So he's been there. Paired with a, Diggs, who has been unleashed. With, like he got yeah. he got unleashed last year. <clears throat> Coming from Minnesota, where they're a run heavy offense, uh, we 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 didn't see that Diggs. We saw it last year. You know, he was good in Minnesota too. Now he was good, but we never with a Josh Allen. Yeah. It was good, but like the, the passing, it was secondary thought in Minnesota, right? Like they've always been run heavy. So putting him in a you know, a pass offense with Josh Allen, who can throw the ball a country mile, just unleashed a new version of Diggs. So with Sanders, I, I great point, Chris. I said more about um, Kirk Cousins than it did about Stephon Diggs and his cop talent, you know. Big, big game, Kirk Cousins. Why, why you gotta, why you gotta break him up? He's, he's. What, what was his, what was his slogan? His logo. You like that? You like that? Yeah, you <laughs> like that. Browns, Browns. Anyway, um, so let's uh, let's slide over to the Dolphins. I think you said they were uh, over unders nine. Is that what you said? They're over, yeah, they're over unders nine as well. <sighs> that one's tough. Um, that is tough. I'm gonna go over. They won ten last year. You'd assume. Uh, another year, they're gonna they're gonna um, gel a little bit more. I could see him hitting ten wins again, especially again with seventeen games. Um, I see him getting ten wins. You know, they're in Miami. They're a tough out because you got you know teams from the cold coming down to, to play in the play in the Miami Heat. That that takes it out of you when you're not used to it. Um, 
So I, I could see them. I could see them getting ten wins just because that's what they did last year. I and I haven't seen them do anything that would make me think otherwise. The defense is still there. Um, was this the team that brought back nineteen people or something like that? Yeah, I mean, they're twenty-two starters. Yeah, I mean that's defense. yeah. So that's I, I don't see a reason why they would slide back um, to to less wins than they had last year, unless their schedule is just suddenly that much tougher. Um, Tua, Tua is still kind of a question mark, but they seem at least for this year to be behind him. And I think we're going to see an offense. You know, we kind of touched on it when we talked about their recap earlier. He stepped into an offense that was built around a different type of quarterback. This year we're going to see, uh, you know, an offense built around his skill set and they're going to draft his skill set. So I think you're going to see him improve a little bit. So, yeah, I think they're going to – I'll take the over on them with uh, with 10 wins is where I see them landing. It's still kind of yeah. weird, though, to think that 10 wins means you're 10 and 7. That just doesn't sound yeah. right. doesn't sound as impressive yeah, as 10 and 6. It's, it's really weird putting that together for this season. That extra game, I think, throws Vegas in a tizzy, right. to be honest. Right, especially if, like, at the end of the season, you got, like, say, Miami fighting for a playoff spot against, I mean, I don't know who their 17th game is, but they're just randomly paired against, like, the fourth best team in the AFC, you know, or in the NFC South or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just uh, real random. I feel like that's going to be like the X factor is going to throw a lot of things off this year. But still, yeah, 10 and 7 just doesn't doesn't sound nearly as impressive as 10 and 6. But I digress. I'll tell you what, only because of the extra game. <clears throat> and th- their extra game is against the Giants this year, by the way. Um, so their extra win is what you're saying? For the Giants, yeah. I agree. <laughs> Um, I, you know, I love Brian Flores, right? I think he was one of the most underrated coaches who came out and showed that he deserved that coaching job, and he did a very, very good job, especially on a defensive front. Coming into the season, they did push all their cards on the table with Tua. Last year, when they had a chance to, I forget what game it was, but they sat a red-hot Ryan Fitzpatrick and put Tua in, and Tua looked like he had no clue what he was doing. He shouldn't have been on the field. I forget which game it was, but if we went back, I'm sure we could pull it up. But they said, you know what? And I think it's to your credit what you said, Chris. They're they're going to design and build this offense around his skill sets moving forward. But what does that mean for this team? That means you're changing everything for this guy. Not on the defensive side. The defense is going to continue to play well. But offensively, are they going to be able to produce produce points when they need them? In the clutch, game is real tight. Going into the, uh, the, the two-minute warning, they got the ball. Can they get the touchdown to win the game? I don't know that they can. So normally with, uh, you know, what is it, nine games they're projected to win? Is that right? Yeah, over-under is nine. Shit, I think they're right at nine. I don't know how you could, because it can, it can go either way on that one, but I'm going to say they're going to meet it. They're going to they're gonna finish the, the, the end of the season with nine wins, and they're going to be nine and eight. That don't sound, now, that sounds worse than ten and seven, nine and eight. But I think that that's, what they're, that's almost like 500 now, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, I think they're going to go nine and eight. I just don't. I don't see that. And, and they got a lot of picks coming in, coming out of the first round this year. I still think this is kind of a. They, there's a lot of chemistry that needs to be 
being built when you got that many players coming out of the draft and I don't know. I'm just not sold on Tua yet. I'm not saying I can't be. I'm saying right now, given the body of work that he's put on a uh, put on film in his first year, I, I was left with more questions than answers about that kid. He just did not meet up to the first round potential that he was hyped up to be. Real quick, I just want to ask a quick question, and we'll go over to Lloyd. Um, you mentioned Brian Flores. How so? I I think he's kind of already there. Uh, you know, he's off the Billichek tree. There's been a lot of coaches that have burned out really quickly off the Billichek tree. If he has another successful season, like let's say they do get to 10 wins again this year, is it is it too early to say he's the best product of the Billichek tree? Do you, do you think he's in that conversation yet? Because, I like, who else is there? Bill O'Brien? Meh. Uh, uh, Josh, uh, Josh uh, what's the offensive coordinator's name? McDaniels. McDaniels. Meh. Like, like, you know, none of these guys have lasted more than three seasons anywhere, much less put up 20 wins in their first two seasons. So he's got to be number one off the tree, right? Like, at this point, you'd have to He has the most promising future out of anyone, if nothing else. He's produced and produced very well out of the gate. I don't think anybody's looking at the job he's done in Miami would say that he hasn't done a good job, if not better than a good job. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think there's anybody who's saying, oh my God, what a terrible hire this, what this guy was for this NFL franchise. He's got the team going in the wrong direction. He doesn't have a team behind him in his philosophy. I think anybody would say that he's doing a good job. So for now, yeah, I'd say that. The Giants coach is from the Belichick tree, right? He, he, he is. Okay, okay. Um, no disrespect to him. Jerry's still out. He's only had the no, one season. No, not at so, all. Yeah. There's not enough, you don't have enough time in yet. Yeah. All right, Lloyd, what are your thoughts? Nine wins for the Dolphins. Lightly, over, possibly, and and I think a lot of it really depends on two two things, right? Uh, Is Will Fuller going to be allowed to play, or is he going to pop positive on another another test, get suspended again? Uh, Because if he's playing and stays healthy, he's a weapon. And I think with the sixth pick, they're going to take Jamar Chase. I just really uh, – if, if they're going all in with Tua, they need to put players around him, and Chase is the man, right? So now you got Fuller and, and Jamar Chase as your weapons. Like, he has to produce, right? There's there's no other question about it, right? Like, I think everything that we've already talked about, the defense is solid. They're going to remain solid. Flores is a solid coach. He's going to remain solid. It's going to be – it's going to be up to Tua. And, and, like, I wasn't overly impressed with him in Alabama, you know, let alone in, in the pros, right? Like, and some of that's because he got hurt at Alabama a couple times. It wasn't just once. He got hurt a couple times. So, you know, a lot to be said there. And I don't know who their backup is in Miami anymore. I, I have no idea. Uh, but they better get a solid one. That's all I know. Isn't it Jock, that guy, Jock, he was the quarterback drafted by the Cardinals. Rosen? Josh, uh, Rosen? Josh is Rosen? He, is he Rosen? still on the team? Rosen? I thought he got I thought he got kicked off the team. I'd have to look at that. Let's 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 go to the Google machine, see what they tell us. That's the beauty of Google. Oh, well, there you oh. go. That's not a that's, that's not a bad backup. That's not a bad backup. That's a, that's a quality backup to have, actually. Yeah, you can do a lot worse. 
Maybe, maybe they uh, maybe they go after Teddy Bridgewater. Who knows? Well, I got a question. So, did Washington snag Fitzpatrick, or did uh, Miami just decide they were going to move on from him? They they decided they were going to move on from him because once you go, once you have a starter and you go to the backup and he's now your guy, you can't keep right, the starter. But what I'm saying, so is Fitzpatrick not who you would want in in you would want Brissett over Fitzpatrick to back you up? When if Fitzpatrick is my prior starter, yes. Okay. And especially because, like, I look at it too. I like to pair. At least, and this is just a me thing. There's no like scientific data to back this up or anything. But like, Jacoby Brissett is what I'd like to consider the floor for T- Tunga uh, for uh, Tua. Like, that's as bad as that. You know, like that's the floor. So if I, I really? like my that quarterbacks have a, a similar style. Tua. Like, if I'm gonna have, well, I, I'm not saying he is the floor. I'm just saying like I'd like Tua to be better than him. So if if he struggles to show better than Brissett in. Uh, in preseason, I think that tells you they'll be looking at a quarterback next, you know, next year, right? So, right. Um, and I like wow. when my quarterbacks play. St- I like when my quarterbacks play styles match match. Like Jacoby Brissett, whether you think he's better or worse, their games are going to be similar, as opposed their to game, Fitzpatrick, yeah. who's completely yeah. different. Their style of play. Exactly. If 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 two were to go out and Brissett comes in, you're not changing the whole playbook. Uh-huh. So yeah. Um, so we so just to recap, so the the Bills we all have going over. Uh, I have no the Dolphins point. over. You guys have them pushing for the most part. I, I go slightly over. So okay, so both Loy and I have them over. So it's like right. ten wins. Both of us are like lukewarm on them. Atticus is a solid push at best. Um, so that brings us to who else is in there? The, I mean, we got the, the oh Patriots. the Patriots. There we go. At ugh. So they played. They won seven games last year with zero talent, right? They had a lot of players sitting out. They had a lot of players leave. They were in transition. They pulled out seven games. Uh, they have infused this roster with a shit ton of players. How's that going to work out? Uh, I, th- I think, again, I, I think nine's probably a push, right? Possibility of 10 could be realistic. Because they have the extra game in there, um, but uh, you know, I think nine and eight is probably more likely. I, you know, with with the players they brought in, if they can't win two more games than they did last year, there, then that's a problem. Then we can stop talking about Belichick being the greatest coach of all time. And that means they wasted a shit ton of money in free agency too. Yep. You know. I- I'm going to say the interesting thing about this year is we're going to have to see Belichick do something he's never done before. And that's uh, presumably groom a rookie quarterback to take over the reins at some point in this season. Um, we've never seen that under Belichick. He's had Brady basically. Like when they went made the switch to Brady, it's because Bledsoe got hurt. So there wasn't like, a, oh, we're grooming Brady and then when do we switch? It was, oh, Bledsoe's out now. Oh, look, Brady happens to be the greatest quarterback of all time. Um so we've never seen Belichick have to do this balancing act of keeping your Cam Newton quarterback happy while grooming whoever they draft to, to take over for him. Um, I think that'll be interesting. And because of that, I, I think we're, I, I think that I'm going to take the under. It's going to be a slight under, like eight wins, eight and nine is kind of where I see him at, just simply because they're still in transition. Um, next year, if this was like, 
if the transition year was last year and now we're the, then I would take the over. But right now, just they they're going to have a quarterback transition at some point who's going to make rookie mistakes. It's going to be interesting seeing Belichick handle a rookie quarterback. Uh, we don't know how he's going to do in that situation. Um, we don't even know who the rookie quarterback is at this point. So, uh, yeah, I see I see the under. I see eight wins for and for some of the other reasons. Miami's Miami's good. I think we're like I see them getting ten wins. I see uh, the Bills getting ten to eleven wins. So you got to go under somewhere. And I think that's going to be the uh, the New England Patriots with about uh, eight wins, seven to eight wins. I can see them coming through with again. I think it's tough to say. I think you know there are a lot of players who opted out of the twenty twenty season are returning. They spent a ton of money um, in free agency, and we don't know what their draft is going to look like. I, I've no idea what their draft board is like. I mean, where do they pick at fifteen? Uh, Who's going to be available for them to sign as a for them to draft as a quarterback at that point that we think they would pick? Who the hell knows? I'll say this: nine wins. Um, for, like, my, like Mike was saying, you know, they have to uh, win more games than they did last year based on the amount of money that they spent in free agency. And if they don't, it's not going to be pretty for them. It's hard to say where they'll be, and I think that the first quarter of the season, well, it's not even the first quarter anymore, is it, with 17 games. I'm going to still say the first four games of the season will point us in a direction of where they're going, but I'm going to take the under on that. I just, I don't know. There's not enough. I just don't know. I'm going to take the under on it. Well, and I, th- I think the other thing you got to consider is Belichick can – Unless he does something extreme, like go 0-17, uh, he's not going to face any pressure yet, right? Like, he's still, you know, they have Cam. There's, there's too many things he can point to and say, well, Cam's not really the quarterback of the future, blah, blah, blah. Like, there's just all kinds of things where he's still kind of got a mulligan year to kind of test things out. And so for that, I just see too many things where we're just going to see a transition. We're going to see just a bunch of different things where they're trying different things out. They have a whole team that's kind of coming to basically a brand new team, right, from even last year. I just think there's there's just you know there's gonna be chemistry there's gonna be a bunch of things that come together I think they'll be tougher at the end of the year but yeah I see them struggling to get to that nine win. I agree. Time. We got two unders and a push, and I'll say this: I think Belichick gets three or four mulligans based on six championships, right? Like he can have a couple bad years in a row, and he'll he's not gonna get fired. Well, that and he and Kraft are, are really like he and Kraft are really close, I, but I mean. You know, just to point out, I mean, uh, Peterson brought the first Super Bowl championship to Philadelphia, and three years later, so I don't know if you can compare the two, yeah. right? Like, I mean, it, it's not like Peterson had a a pedigree in, in Philadelphia for two decades. You know what I mean? Like, it, Philadelphia let Andy Reid go, and then boom, he's in the Super Bowl two out of three years in Kansas City. You know what I mean? That would be more applicable if you, if if I had to say so. Yeah. So that brings us to the Jets. Um, I'll just lightly touch on them. I kind of already said it. Uh, the the over under was six. I I that's going to be my push because I could five six is where I had him pegged without even knowing the over under. Um, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt, and give him a push because I do think. Saleh is just a good motivator. I think that team's going to play hard. They're going to win a game or two. They shouldn't. Um, plus, they're going to have an easy schedule because they only won two games last year. 
So I think they're going to be more competitive. Um, you know, it's going to be, they're going to go as far as their rookie quarterback can take and We're going to see, uh, you know, what Saleh learned from Shanahan and how far they can bring that. So push, uh, possibly a slight under at five wins, but I'm going to say push. I'll say five or six wins. I think that they're going to go as far as the coaching is going to take them. I think at the end of the season last year, the Jets organization as a whole, they, they just gave up. There was no desire to even win. And that type of um, uh, thinking and thought process, it just festered throughout that entire organization. If this coaching staff can't bring them into the mind frame of we could win this game, even games that they shouldn't win, to play hard, to, to, to pick up the lunch pail and put on their hat, strap up their boots, go out there and play hard. If if Soleil can do that to them, I have every, every reason to believe that he can, they'll win six. But if they struggle with that, and if the coaching is not on par with their quarterback and uh, getting that defense riled up the way that we know Soleil can, they're going to win five games or four even. You know, But I'll say this, anything over two wins – Saleh's good. I mean, he's got some time to build that team. He can he can win four or five games this year, and that's a success for the Jets. So I don't think that they're looking at the, the over-under six games and saying, yeah, okay, let's win. I don't think they're paying attention to this kind of stuff. They're just going to try to put their game plan in place and win some games, and the coaching is going to decide how well they do. Well, I mean, the Jets did beat the anointed Super Bowl champion Cleveland Browns last year. Without so our receiving core and, and uh, a couple other that. things. But yeah, they okay. did. I'll give them that. Excuses. Excuses. It's not an excuse. It's factual. You did not even finish your He <laughs> <laughs> was ready. It's like he knew it was coming. I knew someone was going to say I thought Atticus was going to say it. So I was, I was sitting on that factoid. Yeah. Um, what I look at the Jets is, is I'm going under, right? I mean, they have a rookie quarterback and a rookie head coach, and, and that doesn't bode well. Where I think you're going to see the improvement is they're going to lose a lot of games by less than a touchdown. They're going to be a lot closer than they were last year. Last year, they weren't even close. Like, I think they had one game with, that they lost out of their 14 that was within, uh, you know, a field goal or a touchdown, right? Uh, and they beat the Rams, by three, and the Rams were not a good team last year. So, we're not a great team, let's just say. Uh, I, I just think that it, it's too big of a leap to go over six. I, uh, you know, with, with everything in the division that's going on, where you have some solid play, um, you know, typically you would think three and three in the division. I don't think they go three and three in the division. They might go two and four. They might go one and five, right? They might win one game out of their three opponents. Like, I can easily see Miami beating them twice, and I can easily see Buffalo beating them twice. They've always played the Patriots tough, so there's that. But they did lose twice to them last year so. They were 0-6 in the division, um, and it wasn't even close. So it, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you're going to see, you know, some of those moral victories where they played hard, they played well. And, and like, we don't like to rest on moral victories, but, you know, any sign of improvement is going to be a good thing for the New York Jets. And that matters for a two-win team. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going under. 
So, so just to recap on the AFC East, um, everyone was over ten and a half for the Bills. Uh, we had uh, my, uh, Loy and I were over, and Atticus pushed on the Dolphins, if I remember correctly. Yep, um, we were all. I was under on the. We were all under on the Patriots. I was under on the Patriots. I'm under on them. Under. Push. Loy pushed, and then I pushed on the Jets, uh, and then both of you were under, if I'm not mistaken. With uh, Atticus saying it wouldn't surprise him if they pushed, I think was kind of the uh, the takeaway there. So I think I think that's pretty accurate. You know, Vegas knows what they're doing. Um, you want to kick it over to the uh, NFC North since uh, we did the AFC North last week? Sure. NFC North will go Chicago first. Seven and a half. Under. 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 Yeah. They, they're just they have it. They have the defense, but the defense is starting to get older. Uh, they kind of somehow tripped their way into the playoffs last year, but there's just a bad vibe around that team. Um, you know, they started out the gate last year like five or six, and it was like five and zero oh or six and one or something along those lines, and they're like the most like disrespected five way team in history or something like that. It's just. It's just that there's just a bad vibe around that team. I still don't know what they, they do on offense. Their offense is abysmal. And, you know, their defense is getting older. Um, they're starting to lose people off that defense. Um, and plus, you know, when, when something always seems to happen when you try to trade for somebody and, like, the list of people you're willing to give up for that somebody, in this case Russell Wilson, comes out, and, like, players see their name on this list and they're like, oh, Really? Just bad mojo about that team. I don't think Nagy's a great coach. We don't know who their quarterback's going to be. Or as of right now, it's Andy Dalton. Yeah. Uh, I under. I mean, his his best days are behind him. Though, yeah. You know? like, I mean, know, nothing, he was nothing good against in Cincinnati. He played adequate in, in Dallas last year. Um, given the circumstances, like, yeah. You know, he's he's in a lose lose situation if you ask me going to Chicago. He played like, he played adequate he played adequate in, He played adequate in a team that was built for offense too. Like keep that in mind. Yeah. Chicago is not yeah. the same offensive juggernaut that Dallas has the potential to be. So yeah, I just I don't see seven and a half. I see five. Maybe six because yeah. there's the extra game. That's that's as good as I'm giving them. I don't think they're I honestly don't think they're much better than the Jets are right now, to be completely honest. Chicago. With other than their defense. The past two years, Chicago had these really lofty expectations, right? Joe Nagy's this great quarterback. They've got Trubisky, who's got this rocket arm. They had a good running game. Uh, some They had some really good pieces in place on their defense. And I watched. We played Chicago. They were the most unimpressive team with a winning record, the the first, the last two years that I'd seen in a long time, it, it was it was tough to watch some of their games. They found a way to win, but it was always on some trick play or a, a special teams. It was never because their offense was like clicking on all cylinders and their defense shut it down. It was just rough to watch. So, with that being said, I'm not even impressed remotely with what they did in the offseason. This is not a knock on Andy Dalton. But Mike, you said it. His best days are in a rearview mirror. When you bring this guy in and you think that, because what do you, what is your first objective as a team? 
is to win the games in your division. Do you really think Andy Dalton is poised to beat an Aaron Rodgers? And not for nothing, I think Kirk Cousins is better than Andy Dalton. And that's not saying a whole lot. And then, you really don't know what's going on with uh, Detroit because that whole team just... I don't even know what to say about Detroit right now. You give away Stafford and take golf, and golf, I've always said, is overrated. Um, I think if I'm going to take a, uh, a shot at the over-under, where are they at? Seven, Seven and a half. Their win total? Yeah. They're, they're, I'm going under. I don't see it. I don't see it either. What if, uh, what if Chicago were to trade up to Carolina's pick at eight and get Trey Lance. They still got Nagy. They still got Nagy, yeah. They're st- I, and they still don't have great offensive weapons. And now you're giving up capital. Like, And that's the thing too, right? Because because they managed to stumble in the playoffs, into the playoffs last year, they're picking, with, they're a team that should be picking in the top 15 and they're picking like in the 20s. Like I think yeah. they're 23 maybe. I forget what number they are, but they're they're back there, right? So it's like, they're they're in a place they shouldn't be because they just somehow managed to land a wild card spot spot in spite of themselves. Twenty, they're at twenty. Twenty. So yeah, they're picking farther back than they should. They should be a top fifteen, possibly even a top fourteen pick team. Yeah, they'd have to trade up too much, and then and then what? So you get a rookie quarterback with Matt Nagy, and you still don't have an offense. They're so, in a rebuild and haven't acknowledged it yet. Yeah, they're they're they're. They're, I'm going to say the same thing about the Bears I've been saying about the Steelers. They just need to go ahead, go through this year, ex, you know, bottom out, you know, thank Dalton for his services and start again next year. Like that's, do, we, do we want to say that, though? Do we want to be like the NBA, though, and, and see our teams tank for draft picks? I don't think you can tank in the NFL, right? Unless you, uh, you know, you pull Jalen Hurts in the uh, third quarter against, you know, so you know why I asked that though, because we—that's kind of what has separated the NFL from other leagues—is the NFL doesn't tank; they play hard. They're supposed to anyway. You're going to get hurt if you don't. You know what I mean? Like you're going to get hurt if you don't play hard. Like it, it really depends on what level of of quality athlete they put on the field, right? And that's the only way they could tank, but you can't not play at 100%. You just can't because you're going to – it's a violent game. You know, it's the only sport that we know where the purpose is I am going to maul the dude in front of me, period. Well, and I'm going to overpower I get, him. I get that, but you can tank without, like – well, still trying. Like, if I'm trying to win a playoff spot or make it to the playoffs again in that division where I have to go against Aaron Rodgers twice, you know, even – even uh, you know uh, – um, Kirk Cousins with Delvin Cook isn't the you know a, 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 that that's that's a formidable duo you know you don't go out and pull Andy Dalton you know what I'm saying like there Cam was on the yeah, Cam was absolutely. a free agent Teddy Bridgewater you could trade for like there are moves you could make if you're trying to convince me you're trying to do things so yes you can tank while still putting people out there who are going to try you just purposely put bad people out there. Right, yeah, but like, the question is, do we want to see that in the NFL? I mean, some. What, what are you going to do though? Like, it's, it's kind of one of those things because, like, the way the draft is set up in the NFL, like, at least the, the thing I like about the NFL is you can because, like, well, Miami did this two years ago. Like, what was it by opening day? Like, so they sent out their season ticket paraphernalia, 
And by opening day, like half the projected starters were gone already. Like it's, you can do the thing about the NFL that I like that you don't see it. Like you see it in the NBA because a, it's easier to get a generational or like good talent in the NFL draft, like where it's just a complete crapshoot in the NBA's uh, draft. And you are guaranteed, like if you are bad enough, you are guaranteed a high spot. Like, it's not like, Oh, we won one game and now we're picking 10th because that's where our ping pong ball came out. Like, so it's easier to draft. It's easier to tank, like, you know, just put out a crappy team for a year and then get some good draft picks for the year after that. And, you know, and all it takes in the NFL is one good off season and you're right back in it. So that, you know, but yeah, if you're serious about things, you're not taking Andy Dalton to be your QB one. I'm sorry. You're not. So like take, if they had made a play for Teddy Bridgewater or Aaron Darnold or anybody, uh, you know, other I get, they tried for Russell Wilson, but other than that, like they didn't do anything. Like they could have, they could have given up what they, what the Panthers gave up to get Darnold. At least then I believe they were trying. They're not trying. So. Yeah, I agree. So we got them under. Uh Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Detroit five. I'm going to take the over on Detroit. I think they're better than a 5-1 team, but I, I just can't see that. I think Detroit can be – Jared Goff isn't my favorite player, but I think he's better than Andy Dalton. So I think that if if you look at their division, it, I think Detroit can actually, believe it or not, if it weren't for the running game and depending on how healthy Minnesota stays – I think that Detroit can in their division win two or three games, and then they'll get a couple a couple of effort wins in there too. And they're going to have a weak schedule this year, so I think they'll get five or six wins this year. I'm going to say push. Um, there, you know, so that that's five wins. There's just too many question marks. Um, new, co- new, you know, uh, new new coaching staff. Goff obviously isn't the long-term answer. They have some decent pieces on offense, but their defense isn't anything to write home about either. Um, I just think there's too many question marks to, to go over. Um, I don't even know enough about them to really have a lengthy conversation about it, so I'm just going to say push. Didn't he slide so far off a cliff, though, in like, I don't know, one year? Jared Goff is like, <laughs> you have no faith in this guy. What? It's it's unbelievable what happened to Jared Goff in my mind, right? Like I don't I don't even understand, it. you know, like when it, just from a fantasy perspective, right? When when I would pick up uh, Cooper Cup, it was Cooper Cup slant across the middle, you know, fifteen to twenty yard pass, gone touchdown, right? Like, and then he's got a cannon too, you know. So and and they, I just don't I don't know what happened, right? With, with Jared Goff. You know, but uh, I don't think he's as bad as what they gave up to get Stafford. He showed a lot at the end of the season. He ten days removed from finger surgery on his throwing hand, and he played well. But they still let him go. And and for peanuts, if you ask me, well, they got Matt Stafford out of it. No, no, no. Yeah, but Matt Stafford is. Well, I guess you're right. They got Stafford, but they gave up Goff. They gave up and a shit ton. Yes, you know, like I, I, yes, it's Stafford, but they gave up the house. Yeah, I I mean, 
I will say this about Goff. In my opinion, he's a system quarterback more than anything. Uh, because when did when did he start to go downhill when Gurley got injured? And then, like, because once Gurley got injured, they made it to the Super Bowl that year. But he put a, he was abysmal in the Super Bowl, and he's never really been the same since. He's dependent on a good running game and a system quarterback. And the system they run in uh, uh, L.A. They're they're they, they you know they um, they build around the running game. They they established the run. They have all the, the crazy motions and formations they you know like seven different looks out of the same formation and they're all runs and then they play action pass off of that and once they didn't have the run game golf is not good enough to to pick it up and and shoulder the load um so i think that's why you saw him out and that's that was the fall like once he didn't have a consistent good running game he he was not consistent and good either so he goes as the running game goes i like that let's see what he does dan campbell's a good dude they have at five. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go over for some reason, right? Like I like DeAndre Swift. Uh, I like TJ Hawkinson. I like you know I like DeAndre Swift. Uh, you have one half. Of, you have one good half of fantasy football with a guy, and suddenly you're buying his jersey. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I think picking up Rashard Perryman. I think that's a sleeper. Uh, you know, from a wide receiver position. Uh, I think Tyrell Williams is decent at, at, as a number two. Like I think they have they have some players, and, and I think you know did they sign Trey Flowers? I think they did from New England. He's a good dude. Mm-hmm. He's a solid defensive player. So I mean, not that they're going to make any waves in, in contend for the the North, right? But uh, they're going to compete. And I think they went, especially with the extra game. The extra game is the kicker. Like, I, I don't know what Vegas is thinking this year, man. That extra game is going to flip-flop, you know, a lot of win totals and projections, right? So, like, I think they get to six. You know, since, since we keep coming up to it, and we'll, we'll get to the rest of the North here in a second, how do you guys think they should handle records going forth from here with the extra game? Because now if they have an extra game, right, like, you have guys that are going to get extra chances for sacks. You're going to have receivers that, like, you know, get an extra 100 to 200. You know, the potential. You have quarterbacks that are going to throw for two to 300 extra yards a season, two to three extra touchdowns. Like, how do you how do you stack up, like, uh, like uh, um, trying to think of a neutral quarterback to take so it's not like I'm saying Baker Mayfield. Uh, how do you stack up, like, uh, Josh Allen? Josh Allen, like, how do you, how do you stack up like a Josh Allen who now has an extra game for the rest of his career to throw touchdowns and everything else against like, uh, you know, uh, a Warren Moon who didn't, right? Like, will Josh Allen look better than Warren Moon in ten years because he's had an extra game every year, so he's getting, let's just say, on average, two touchdowns and two hundred fifty more yards a season because of that? Like, how do you, how do you rate this stuff going forward? I have to table that question, right? Because are they going to do what the NBA does and give rest days, right? Are they going to, you know, they already rest. If you're in the playoffs and you're set and you're and you're locked into a seed, like you're pretty much resting week 17 anyway, right? So that's going to continue. And then do they give players certain days off, right? Like that's a lot of wear and tear on a running back. An extra 40, 30 carries a season, That that's, that's a lot. You know, that's 30 more hits than you're used to taking. So, I, I don't know what they're going to do with the extra game. That's a great you know? question. I don't know. 
Okay, so we can definitely come back to that. That might be a question. Uh, we'll revisit that in a couple weeks, like after the draft, and we still got we got a couple more weeks until the season's till preseason starts. We can we can, can tackle that. Back the up. draft is this weekend coming oh, up. I'm so excited. I got so, I'm trying to convince. I'm trying to convince uh, Lisa to let me uh, live live draft. I'm trying not to push too hard because it is her birthday. But I, I was like, but your birthday's going to be. Well, that's what I keep saying. Like, you could be on it, and well, she wants to go to the, the, the caveat is she wants to go to a sports bar, which I'm totally okay with. I don't know how well that's going to translate on this if I'm like sitting in a sports bar on my phone trying to trying to react. Although we, we could see, who knows? Um, that being said, yeah, no, I'm I'm excited about this draft for many of the reasons we already talked about. Like, there's no the, the, this draft I think is just going to be more wild than normal, and it's not going to be one of those ones where they're like, well, maybe. Blah, blah, blah. I think this year we're going to see teams trading all over the place, doing all kinds of crazy things. There's going to be people drafted in the first 10 that we weren't counting on, people drafted in the first 20 that we were counting on. I just, This year's just got the potential to be, like, real fun. Real fun. Did anybody else read that article about the the draft, all trades? So, like, it was, it was all trades, including the number one pick. And it was, like, Justin Haybear and another dude to – you know, Jacksonville for the number one pick. I was like, that's, that's intense. That's, that's, that's quite the, the spin on, on the draft. But <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It was I good mean, article. just picking up on that, there's no way that I, there's no trade that the Jacksonville Jaguars will take. There's no way you get out of a generational talent at quarterback for anything, period. Like, really? unless, unless they can resurrect, like, I don't know, like, you know, ninth like you know, nineteen eighty five, uh, uh, Dan Marino, and somehow get him to play for them. There's no way you you pass up on that. Um, I got a question. Yeah, Chris, how does it feel to be drafting after twenty when you've drafted in the top ten for decades? So you know, it's funny. A different feeling for you all together. Well, you know, it's funny. So you know, because it's that time of year, my you know the Facebook time hop and. So a couple years ago, we picked at 17, but we ended up trading that pick. Um, I, I, I put uh, – so my, I always put the, the over-under that the Browns send in a top three pick out of habit are like three to one. <laughs> three to one odds they'll just accidentally send in a pick out of reflex. It's weird. I'm not going to – it's a little weird to be on this side of it. Um, it's cool. It's cool it's in Cleveland. Like that, that, If I, there was any one time I wish I was in Cleveland other than the, the Cavs winning the championship – uh, it would be this. This is going to be real fun uh, over on uh, you know East Ninth Street this year. Um, yeah, it's it's weird. I mean, it's, your team is is pretty much in place already. So and it's it's well, it's weird. Is it's it's different. Like instead of like looking at the top ten picks and being like, oh, like maybe this guy will slide to six. It's like, man, can we trade up? Like maybe like right, it's a totally right. different thing. Where you're thinking, okay, if this guy slides here, do we have enough to get up to twelve to get him? Like it's a completely different look, which. Yeah. Uh, yeah, how's that picking in the top fifteen feel? Is that? I, I, you know what? If we don't get the offensive lineman that I want, and I'll take Slater. I know Sewell's going to be gone. I mean, the other guys from Darisaw. I don't know enough about him if he's good or not. But I trade down, trade down out of that. You know that eleventh pick. Where are we at eleven this year? Uh, yeah. Trade out of eleven if we can. Maybe pick up two or three later round picks and and go from there. I like what we did in free agency. 
you know what I'd like to see the Giants do? In all seriousness, what what? How many picks do you guys have this year? Like outside of the first, seven. what else do you have? Do you have like multiple late round picks? Yeah, yeah, we we've got seven picks. The Bengals are at five, right? No, we've got six picks. I'm sorry. Okay. Bengals are at five. I'd like to see them somehow get up to say five and get Jamar Chase. I would love to see that. You want the Giants to get up to five to see Chase to get Chase? Yeah. I'd love wow, to see he that. would be a fabulous pick, and it's really hard to, to form an argument to say why you didn't pick him if you got up to five. I'd still want alignment. I want to keep my quarterback upright, create running lanes. I, I, I Listen, I believe you win teams with your line. Your mm-hmm. line is going to be the difference maker. I said win teams, win games, period. It's the line, so that's what I'd want. Yeah, I just, I just, oh, I, I don't know why. I just, I, I like, I, I, I like the idea of just crazy explosive offenses all over the place. I, I kind of, you know, I, you know, I know I give you crap for the Giants, but like, I think Joe Judge uh, is a good is going to be a good coach going forward. I think he inspires guys, and you know, they show some creativity the way they move Daniel Jones around, the different things they have. To, but Saquon, Galladay, Chase, it, say what you want about Ingram, he's still like top five for the position. I like it. I like it. Really? <laughs> I just did. I get excited. Is he really? He is. He is fantasy. He's always up there. Like I go by fantasy rankings. He's always up there. He produces point wise, which means he's producing on the field. So. And Seattle had a post the other day that he wanted only giant fans to the, to only giant fans did comment though. Oh, okay. So, you know, my favorite that quote. Was my way of seeing who was really in on the and it works. <laughs> Whatever you need to tell yourself, man. What, uh, what, the favorite quote coming out of his draft analysis was that overall good hands, but will drop the occasional pass, right? Like, and he dropped some big ones. Huge. Big ones. Huge. He one does, but. The, like one against the Eagles that would have won the game. Okay, but if you drop if you drop like if you drop specific catches, like I, I'm not saying he's clutch. I'm not saying I even necessarily want him on my team. But if you if you just look at his overall production, he's a top five, six tight end. Now, yeah, in the tight end in the realm of tight ends, that's not saying a lot because once you get past three, it's like one, two, three, four. But like he's he's up there. Like the only quarter, but the you're only both right. You're both right. He's going to give you fantasy numbers that's going to make you very happy each week. But he's also going to drop the pass that had you lose the game. So depending on where you are on wanting him to have numbers, or I don't care if you catch one fucking pass, it better be the pass to close out the game against the Eagles. That's the pass that he will drop. Another thing about him, he, he probably led the league in passes that went through his hands or he tipped and were intercepted by the opponent last year. He is great for that. So, I don't Evan Ingram this year is going to decide what the Giants going to do with him. I like bringing in Rudolph because it's going to force him to, like, figure it the fuck out because he's going to have to leave and show up, show and prove or something. But he has frustrated Giants fans more than he's made them happy. This has nothing to do with fantasy. This is as a Giants fan. He's, oh, my God. I would just like to point out that 
I finally gave another team a compliment. You guys just grilled me for it. So it's back to F all your teams. No, you gave a player a compliment. <laughs> I said I gave I said Gallaudet, I said offense. I said the coach was good. I said the coach was good. I I was giving props to the Giants. Anyway, remember, Mike, that was his foundation for years. It wasn't his team. It was fantasy. That's what he got hyped for. Because the win total was maybe six. But in fantasy, he could kill him. No, he doesn't really. But, you know, that's another story for another day. (laughs) Anyway, I'm still waiting on my NFC uh, East Championship Cleveland Browns t-shirt, by the way. So, getting back to the uh, NFC North. So Before we do that, and I'll, I'll go into win totals. If if the Giants are going to trade up to number five, they take Pitts all over Jamar Chase all day long, all day long, and that, that would be scary. But anyway, Vikings eight and a half. I'm going to take the over. They're kind of the X factor in the league. Um, if any team's going to make a jump, what did they have last year? What were their ones last year? I don't remember offhand. I don't know. I want to say it was a losing record. Like seven, seven wins sounds about right to me, but. But I'll, I'll, we can get their wins in a second while Mike looks it up. But I will say that, uh, that I just, I think they're the X factor in this division. I don't see them necessarily dethroning the Packers, but there, if there's any team you're going to tell me is going to make a big leap forward in that division this year, it's going to be the Vikings. If for another reason, it's not going to be Detroit and it's not going to be the Bears. Um, so they I feel seven last year, by the way. Yeah, they did have seven last year. So I, what was their, what was their over under number this year again? Eight and a half. Eight and a half. Yeah. I could see, I could see nine wins easily. Uh, especially with that, again, that extra game, it's going to, they're, they're, they have that extra game. It's going to be, they have a good running game. They play in a dome that, you know, it's just, there's a lot of favorable, uh, conditions for them. So I, I like run game travels. And uh, they have a they have a streaky good defense from time to time, so uh, yeah, I, I I'll take the over, say nine to ten wins. I don't know. I, I'll give them a push at that only because they've got Detroit and Chicago in that division. So they'll well, you, probably you, you can't push eight and a half wins. What's that? You can't push eight and a half wins. They can't have eight and a half wins. You can't push. No, I'm saying nine. Oh, okay. Nine. nine. I don't. I don't really do the the over under lingo well. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll say nine. I'll say nine only because of the division that they're playing in. Um, listen, anything's possible in your division. You, your division opponents or you play the toughest, and you're like, oh my god, these guys really came to ball out. The beginning of the season last year, I think it was, Eagles came out destroying. Washington. I think it was 17 nothing. I turned the shit off. I said, I'm not watching this. And I believe Washington came back second half and, and just completely dismantled the Eagles. Anything can happen in a division game. And not for nothing, start of the season last year, I think that the Philadelphia Eagles were marginally better than the, the, the Washington Redskins. Um, that being said, anything can happen in a division game. So is it possible they beat Green Bay. They've been trying real fucking hard. I mean, the, their first game of the season, they played them 43-34. He put up 34 points against Green Bay. They won their second meeting with them. So, with that being said, they, some days, um, <laughs> some days, Mr. You Like That comes out and he's like, he gives you reasons to say. 
wrong with you, man? So I just think that based on, and I think it has a lot to do with the fact that it's 10 wins because otherwise I'd say they'd win eight games. But now that it's a 10, 10, uh, 17 game season, I'll go with the nine. I think they, uh, I think they bolstered their defense over the off season. They, they brought in some players, Xavier Woods, Patrick Peterson. I mean, that's, that's some pretty solid stuff. They're getting up there, but they can still ball. Uh, it's their offensive line that, that I question, right? Like, you know, and, and you said it earlier, like teams are built on how well your offensive line is, right? And defensive line for that matter. So they got the defense. Does that defense get them the nine wins? I don't I don't know, man. Tomlin said from the Giants, too. He yeah. Great the middle. I think it does. I think they can get the nine. It's the extra game. I'll go slightly over. Right. Slightly. Because uh, they, they still have Cook, but Cook is uh, also injury-prone himself, right? And you said it about Cousins. I don't need to speak on that anymore. And since you mentioned it, that loss to the Redskins <clears throat> was probably the beginning of the end. Like, they just lost all mojo at that point because they had the game in hand. Yeah. Like, they weren't just winning. They were destroying. Yeah. It was like Washington had no answer for any offensive play that Philly ran on them. And then something happened. I don't know what, but it was bad. It was terrible. Green Bay, 11. So, aside from the fact that I am uh, involved with someone who's a big Green Bay fan, and not just to get on her good side, I feel like every year I look at Green Bay, because they've won like 13 games two years ago, they won 14 last year, and every year I look at them, I'm like, how are you doing this? You're not going to do that this year. And yet, they keep winning that many games. So until they don't do that, I'm going to take the over, say they end up with 12 or 13, because Aaron Rodgers is just angry at the world. Although he just got engaged, maybe he'll be more mellow this year, which throws my theory out the door. But um, he's just angry at the world and will will that. And for no other reason, to stick it to the Packers management, who seems to keep this debate over whether he's washed up or not, seems to come from that team every year. Uh, Just to stick it to the management, he will drag that team to 12 to 13 wins and win the division again. Um, Just because every time I think they're not going to do it, they do it anyway. So until they prove me wrong, they're going to win 12 to 13. Yeah. They have a brutal schedule. They have a brutal schedule. They got to play the Ravens, the Chiefs. Uh, I would throw the Steelers in there, but I think they suck. And the Seahawks and the Rams. Like they got, they have a brutal schedule. Aside from their division games and the North, we've already talked about this in nauseum, right? Like the North, they just ball out against each other, man. It's it's tough, gritty football. Uh, especially when it gets cold, right? And it gets cold up there. So, uh, but, you know, unless it just implodes between management and Rodgers, I don't see them not winning 13 games. That's dumb. Yeah, I mean, you know, Rodgers is in his 16th year, 37 years old, and he played last year like he was 23 years old and then his fourth year in the league. And just, he bowled out every single game. And he did it very easily. He didn't look like he broke a sweat on some of those plays. 
in those games where he was handled, he looked frustrated. And he took control and, and, and led his team the way that you would want your leader to do it. I don't think he's missed a step. I think he's going to continue to produce until he shows me reason to think otherwise. To Chris's point, and I don't think it had anything to do with your relationship. I think that Green Bay finds a way to just perform and perform very well. They are still in the conversation going deep into the playoffs. You know, at the end of the season last season, you saw that next season they would be a playoff contention team. Um, their division, the division games are always tough, but that's Aaron Rodgers' division. It's, who, who else is going to, who else can you realistically see on, the, on his heels coming to take over that division? I don't see anybody. I don't, I don't see any of those teams. In fact, I would dare say that the Minnesota Vikings are probably a year or two away from, you need to start rebuilding this organization right now. I don't know if Detroit thinks that they're building it with golf. I think Mike, you said that he's not the answer for them, not the long-term answer. Uh, he, he's there, but is it possible he has a breakout year, plays very well? I don't know. I don't think so. And we know that Andy Dalton ain't the long-term solution in Chicago. So that division, Aaron Rodgers could easily win five games, division games, in that division. But then you said the strength schedule. It's a tough one. It's, I think brutal is the word that you use to describe um, the, their their schedule next year. 13-3 and three they finished. Will they win 13 games this year with the, with their – now, who are they matched up against this year? What division? The North? AFC North, yeah, because we, we – uh, Lisa and I already North. have uh, have already have a certain game circled on that on that uh, uh, schedule this year. Um, yeah, they're against the AFC North, and uh, it sounds like the AFC West. That's, that's tough. I don't know if I see 13 games. I'm going to take the under. I think well, they the, the over-under is 11. I thought you said they were going to win 13. That's I'm over. That, that's taking the over. Yeah. Yeah, I think they oh, they're at. How many are projected to win? 12? 11. 11's the over-under. Oh, they're projected to win 11. Yeah. No, 11's the over. So that's the line. So, yeah. So if you want over, it's 12 or more. If you want under, it's 10 or less. Now, they'll win 11, maybe 10. I'm going to take the under still. I think that they just have a tough – and not for nothing, that's still not bad to finish at 10 or 11 wins. But they'll win the division with 10 or 11 wins um, in the NFC North next year. But their schedule is just – it's tough. It's really tough. But I will say, I mean, they're always – their schedule is always tough. I mean, that's the one thing I'll give them. Like, because – you know they won. They won what twelve games two years ago. So their schedule is still tough. They, you know, their schedule is tough every year. And they, again, and if you line them up, if you just line up their player, take the titles off, and just line up player by player, I don't know how they do it. I can't be on. Like I'll be honest, I don't know how you do it because every year I look at this team and it's every year it's the same moniker. Well, they're the worst twelve and three team ever, and I agree with that. But yet somehow every year they are there in the NFC Championship game, right? So. Like I said, until unless something happens to Aaron Rodgers or 
or, you know, like, like Lloyd alluded to, like it just completely implodes between him and management. I have no reason to doubt that they're going to win at least 12 games uh, as long as Rodgers there. Because over yeah. last year, they could have had a chance to win that game. I think it was a playoff game, actually, where the, the coach decided to kick a field goal yep. and ride on his defense to get the ball back and, and didn't. And they ran, a, they ran a clock out on him. And that was a, a topic of discussion for a long time. In the interview after the game, it didn't have uh, Aaron Rodgers feeling pretty good about the coach's decision. Well, there was, there was rumors that he was going to get traded this offseason. But, again, as long as he's there and he's pissed off at the world, Aaron Rodgers, they're going to win 12. That's just – I mean, and, and here's the thing about Aaron Rodgers. You know, you said he's in the 16th season. He didn't play the first three years. Right. So he's, he's got – He's got 13 seasons as a starter. Two of those, I think, he got injured. He has not thrown more than double-digit interceptions in over a decade, right? Like, he just doesn't throw. He threw 48-5 to five last year. 48 touchdowns, five picks. I mean, he was savage at the quarterback position. Why this fucking organization does not go out and get him some like, get him a number one receiver, please. No, you know? well, a number two receiver. Devontae Adams is a number two. They do have yeah. Devontae Adams. Get him somebody else to play along Devontae Adams. Get him, uh, I don't even want to say it, but it's the first thing that comes to mind. Get him a Deshaun Jackson esque dude that just stretches the field and makes the big plays. Get him somebody. You know, like, it, it makes no sense. You have a running game, right? You got two quality backs. I think they're, you know, they're not quite the Cleveland Brown duo, but they got two quality backs. Yeah, I just gave you a compliment, Chris. Can, can you up. can you say it a little louder so for when I play this back for uh, Lisa later, she can. Well, the Cleveland Browns have the number one duo in the NFL. Okay. In, 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 as far as running backs, so you're saying they're better without, than Green Bay's, without question. Okay, good. All right, without continue. Question. That's all. I Green Bay's in the top five, right? But uh. Get him a receiver. You know, I almost wonder, like, okay, so how hard – how much is it of it is apathy on the management of Green Bay and how much is it that you can't just convince people, no matter how much money you try and give them, to come play football in Green Bay, Wisconsin? You know what I'm saying? Like, like take Will Fuller, right? Because he was linked to them several times last year, and I assume he was a target this year. But he ended up in Miami, right? Like, if, if I'm going to, assuming the money is equal, we're going to pay you $12 million a year for your talents, Mr. Fuller. Do you go to Miami, Florida, or Green Bay, Wisconsin? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't care who my quarterback is. You know, I mean, let, like, now we're built differently as fans. We'd say, well, we're going to go play, you know, because we want to win. But. Yeah, but there's no tax in Florida. So, yeah. no tax in Florida. decisions that people make. And if the money's equal, which we don't know it was, right? But well, let's, just for the sake of argument, let's pretend it you're, is. Yeah. You're going to Miami all day long. Right. Yeah, better weather, cheaper taxes. So it's really not even equal money anymore. It's more money. Right. You know, and that, you know, I know it's a different team, but you got Tom Brady sitting in Tampa Bay. Everybody and their, and their brother wants to go play for, in Tampa Bay now. They just decided to bring everybody they had back. You know. Miami Let's could see be how that same. works out. I'm real interested to see how that works out. Uh, well, it's like I kind of touched on it last week. Like it's 
they weren't blowing like okay, they won the Super Bowl. I'm not taking that away from but they were not blowing teams out all season long, right? They like weren't. they they were they barely they were beatable. beat the Giants last year. Right, they were beatable. So they got it'll be hot interesting. At the right, time, right? Like yeah. I mean eleven wins is still eleven wins. Right. You know? Um so they won games that, you know, were were questionable. But then their their defense stepped up to another level in the playoffs where like they weren't a lights out defense, but they were a big play defense, right? So they got the stop when they needed to get the stop. And that's just that's that's how they rolled. And then they were lights out in the Super Bowl. Well, the one scary, the one scary thing I will say about them is they went through Aaron Rodgers in Lambo, right? That was in Lambo, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, that's the game and that we were talking about. That yeah. With Aaron Rodgers being pissed off, they had a right. chance to win that game. Right. They, they, but they, they still went through Aaron Rodgers in Lambo and then turned around and and just completely blanked Patrick Mahomes, and that's that's impressive. I, I will say that. I just they had some referee help in that game too. Not not a whole lot, though, man. Listen, man, they, they called everything they could on Kansas City's defense. That first half was ugly. It, but, so, if Patrick Mahomes was allowed to pass the ball, right, because he didn't have time to throw the ball deep to Kelsey or Hill. Right. If, if he did, would we have seen the same calls? We can't quite, you, you know, I mean, yes, there were some questionable calls, that looked like it went Tampa Bay's way, right? But would it would it have been called the same way if if it was we'll reversed? We won't know. You know, like they were just after Mahomes. Mahomes was like, I think the best meme I saw was that that clip from the Gi- Little Giants movie with the quarterback running around in the backfield, uh, you know, just right. running away from from all of the opposing team. And well, that's- he still threw pinpoint passes that were dropped. Yeah. Well, well, and that's that's the thing, right? Like in any given game, there's going to be questionable calls that some fans are going to like, some fans are not. The stat that lost uh, uh, um, Kansas City the game was the fact that Patrick Mahomes ran for 500 yards behind the line of scrimmage in that game. That tells you that's all. An actual stat that that's an actual stat. He ran for. That's that's that. an actual stat that came out. I talked about it in one of the previous podcasts. Yeah, he ran for something like 500 yards behind the line of scrimmage, and that's why they lost that game. What did I say earlier? The line. Yep. You need a line. And they bolstered theirs. And we'll talk. We'll talk about. We'll talk AFC West next year or next week. Look at two years ago. Since we were to, we we're talking about Aaron Rodgers, I think it was two years ago. His line was so bad. Russell Wilson. No line. Now, these guys find a way to still produce. But can you imagine if they just had a a better guard tackle either side on those lines? How much deeper into the playoffs they could have gone and potentially even won a Super Bowl? Your line means everything to your team. And that's what, unfortunately, you saw happen with Kansas City. Their line did not do a good job. 500 plus yards rushing in a running in a backfield running around in the backfield yes yeah your line sucks and still throwing pinpoint like it's like everybody in kansas city's receiving and tight end core became evan ingram that's what happened (laughs) i'm done i'm done giving compliments to other teams f them all f them all uh actually if it's okay we so 
we're about an hour and a half now, so I do have one question. There was that one trade uh, this week I'd like to touch on because it brings the Browns one step closer to uh, AFC North supremacy. Anytime uh, I'm here for it, anytime another team in the division wants to trade away a Pro, pro Bowl linebacker, or I'm sorry, Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl offensive uh, offensive line player. Uh, what it, it actually it wasn't as like lopsided as the original headline I read on it made it sound, but they. The Ravens gave up the offensive tackle. They got Kansas City's. They got a couple picks. They, it was basically like a tackle and then some pick swaps. If I if I don't if I if I'm not mistaken, um, it wasn't as lopsided as the article originally made it sound. But yeah, anytime uh, the Ravens want to go ahead and give up offensive line talent, um, with uh, you know with, with then then they have to play the Browns uh, twice a year with future Super Bowl champion Jadavian Clowney on one side and. Oh, uh, League MVP, future league MVP Miles Garrett on the other. I'm all for it. So I need some nausea medication. <laughs> but no, seriously, do you guys have anything? Uh, you guys have anything about? I, I, I must have missed it. Kansas City trade Chiefs traded for Orlando Brown, probably the top top three tackles in the league, coming off the Ravens. Wow! So the Ravens gave up a huge piece in their offensive line. They got a couple picks out of the deal. They have two first-round picks that they're both late, though, right? They're, they, you know, they're talking 27 and 31 as far as draft picks go. However, the way that this draft is shaping out, like the best offensive tackles coming out of college will probably still be there, at least a couple of them. So they have an opportunity to, to fill some holes there and into the second round. Or, and I'm just gonna, I'm just spitballing here, but this this draft in particular is pretty dr- uh, deep with offensive linemen. Maybe they wait till the second round. What if you dra- uh, you take those two first round picks and you trade up to go after one of those top two or three receivers? Because that's their uh, big need, yeah. right? That's they they need a, a alpha dog on the on the wide receiving core. Yeah. Um, so that that's what that's what I would that's what I could see happening. Um, I don't know if the Ravens are traditionally that aggressive, but hell, I wouldn't be mad if Philly gave up number twelve for number twenty-seven and thirty-one. I wouldn't be mad at all. So that puts them that puts them up there to get uh, a quality receiver. You know, I mean, we we assume Chase and the uh, the guy out of Alabama will be gone by that point, right? Like they're they well, should be top ten. Chase, it, not, it's we every mock draft is different. Right. So every mock draft has, you know, maybe Smith falling that far. You have you have Waddle coming out. You you know, we all think Chase is gone top seven, right? I'll just say top seven. Um, you know, but after that, the next couple wide receivers coming off could could go anywhere, right? So it really all depends on on what happens there. And then once you get past those three, there's still a couple other. You got Bateman. Uh, you got Tony out of Florida. Um, there's that kid out of Ole Miss that they're talking about a little bit now. He blew up pro day four three, four three four. I think he ran. Who knew Ole Miss would be such a wide receiver factory? That's that's crazy to me. Um, I mean, well, I was going to say just, just to just to kind of round this out since we have the draft coming up. Um, how do you guys think about draft picks? And what I mean by that is. I tend to – there are two ways to look at it. I, like, I tend to look at either be real aggressive and just trade up and get the players you know you want um, or trade back and take as many players as you can and just hope some of them pan out. 
where, where do you guys see that? Because like I said, I think we've, we've said it a couple times. This draft, there's going to be a lot. I think there's potential for a lot more movement than we're used to seeing. We've already seen it this offseason with quarterbacks. We're going to see, I think there's going to be a lot more movement in this draft. So just, and don't worry about your specific team, just in general, do you, do you think it's better to go up and get like trade up and get one of those top receivers or, you know, trade back and get more, more picks just to have a better chance of hitting? I honestly think uh, it really depends on what products are coming out of the draft in that particular year, but I'm all for more picks and, best player available when we get there. I think free agency is where you pick up and, and fill the gaps in your, your team, whether offense, defense. Uh, but best player available is is what my next answer would be, although I would prefer to have uh, more picks by trading back. I think if you pick in the top 10, you're taking best player available, regardless of position, period. If you don't need to fill that position and you're picking in the top 10, like whatever they're projected at, then you trade, but you trade out of the top 10. If, you know, you get to 10, you know, it's if, if you're sitting at 11, 12, 13, and, you know, a, a need you need with the best player available is if you try to, you try to move up. Other than that, you move back, take some picks, you know, take some picks. Yeah, I, I feel like, especially for quarterbacks, it happens more than any uh, more than any other. I just feel like people lose their heads going after quarterbacks, and ninety percent of the time, it's not worth what they gave up to get them. Um, it, it's shifted tremendously, right? Like we're going to see five quarterbacks taken in the top ten, possibly. The five quarterbacks are not the top player available. They're not the top prospect. There's a lot of players that are just. Beast, savage athletes that are going to fall out of the top ten and be available to teams that probably don't need them. Well, you know what I mean. Like, just looking at Penn State alone. Penn State has some monsters coming out of this draft, like athletic freaks, you know, at multiple positions. So, I mean, you got Mike Parsons. He's a freak. You have Owe. He's a freak. You have Shaka Tony, who no one's even talking about. He's going to fall into the second or third round. He's an athletic freak. Then you have their tight end. Somebody is going to get a stud tight end, second, third round, coming out of Penn State. That dude's another athletic freak. Like, so, like, it's, you know, best player available is not typically what people go for. Um, you know, especially once you get out of the top ten, you're drafted for need. But, you know, there, there's a lot of – so, like, I'm, I'm trading back, you know, because people are going to reach for some – not only quarterback, they're going to reach for, for some of these wide receivers too because they think that's the game today. They think that the game is offense, throw the ball downfield, you know, get the, get the ESPN top ten highlight, but what wins championships? What I hear what you're saying, but – I hear what you're saying, but the game is slanted toward offense. I think that's it what you see. But what wins championships? Running game, line. Well, that's what it. what wins defense. in the playoffs? I've covered this extensively. What wins in the playoffs is uh, stopping the other team's running game, getting your running game going, and winning the turnover battle, which all obviously you can attribute to how good your defense is. Um, 
But but that being said, I think just in general, like to make it through the regular season to have a shot at your defense winning the championship, you need to play the odds. And the odds say go offense because that's the game has changed now. So they want they want to see the the 40-47 shootout on Monday night football between the Ravens and the Browns. They want to see the 52 to 60 or whatever it was a couple of years ago with the, the Chiefs and the the Raiders uh, and the Rams. That's that's what they want to see now, and that's what they're making the rules to produce. So I feel like to get to the playoffs, you have a much better chance if you're making offensive moves in general. Uh, defense. I, I agree that that's the trend where it's been going, but I still think, uh, uh, I, I don't know, maybe I'm a unicorn in this situation, but when I see a 47-43, I see there was no defensive, no defense played, and that was probably tough to watch in certain aspects of the game. Is it exciting? It's exciting. But I think your better games are probably when it's like a 30, 25, somewhere you know that defense showed up, offense showed up, and it wasn't real messy. Um, how much was it to uh, buy? Lloyd, you talked about a couple of weeks ago, to buy, what was it, like a stake in the 300? I think it was, think it was the Chargers. What yeah. is the Chargers? It got us what? 50%? What was it? 15%? I 15, think it was- 15%, 300 mil. Like there's like four four siblings all have fifteen percent right, and one of them just wants out right. That's the word on the street. So based on you know what their valuation is, that's three hundred mil. I mean, if we were to we get that, we, we could just make our we could promote ourselves to GM, right? We could just put these philosophies to work. The, it would be the football trash talk for real fan group would be the GM. We could, we could just take polls in the group and, and uh, just there draft. Would, I love there it. There wouldn't be any fights whatsoever during those boardroom discussions. Atticus, you could, uh, you, we, should, we should get a go, GoFundMe going. We could, we could get this done. Let's do it. Oh, man. I got a solid three Gs I can drop on this. Let's do it. That's that's like 1%, right? We, we, we just need, <laughs> so there, you said there's 50 of us? If we all dropped like... I mean, if we all drop like three thousand, that's halfway there. We can, we can get there. We'll figure it out. Three hundred million, jeez, that's just ungodly a number, right? Like, I mean, three hundred million dollars, and somebody's got that shit laying around. Well, you know what's weird? So, just to put, and I'll just kind of end on this story. This has like really nothing to do with football, but when I I used so. I used to work for Chase, and the Chase branch that I worked at kind of served a more affluent area of Orlando. And so, just so you guys know, like where I live here in Orlando, I'm actually not that far from like where Tiger Woods has a residence, Shaquille O'Neal has a residence. I mean, obviously, I'm not in their neighborhood, but it's not that far from where I live. And uh, I actually one of my one of my clients at Chase was the guy who reupholsters Shaquille O'Neal's like couches and stuff, like every season Shaq just like changes the upholstering in his in his living room right we're talking like imported Italian leather and just like you know sheepskin from sheeps that are at the top of Mount Everest like just crazy stuff right like and um we got into a discussion about like you know how much like he was just giving me a ballpark figure how much Shaq pays him to do this and uh we, we were talking about it and he was saying like you know I was like, man, if you could just give me like 30 million, I forget what, what, where 30 million came from exactly. I was like, if you gave me 30 million, like I could live the rest of my, I could like leave money to my grandkids, grandkids, because I know enough to make that last. Like I could leave them a decent chunk of change if you just gave me $30 million tomorrow. Like 
the next four generations of my family wouldn't have to work. And uh, and he's like, yeah, well, you know, it's right. weird if you think about it. Some pe- there are people in this country that make that a day. Like they make 30 million today. And you're talking about that last year of your life. And then they go out tomorrow and they make another 30 million. And that's just crazy. Like that's, I don't know why that came up and why I'm talking about this right now. It just, I remember that conversation that just blew my mind. I don't even need 30. I can figure it out with six to 10. <laughs> I can figure it out. Right. And, and like live like a crazy person, like be, be extravagant in my first year and get everything like that I, I would desire and then just call it a day and, and and invest the rest and just live off that shit. And my kids will be set. Fuck it. Call it a day. Yeah, I could, I could probably get, if someone gave me like 10 million, I could get through the first million pretty quickly, buying a house, a crazy car, some sort of stupid vacation. Like I could get through the first million pretty quickly. But after that, I have no idea what I'd do. It's, it's stupid money. Meanwhile, billionaire Atticus over there. I, I'm on to him. He's uh, he's just like silly, silly mortals with your. No, listen. Is what I've learned is you can get to a point where making money isn't hard, right? But if you're not replacing what you're spending, you're you're doing it all wrong. Right. All of it. You know, I've had clients who've come to me. And they've inherited money or got money through some type of settlement or whatever the case may be. And they really think that they hit the jackpot. Like, I'm set for life. I'm like, bro, you got $800,000. That shit will be gone by August if you don't have a plan. And guess what happens? August rolls around and they're broke. I had a client call me once. She moved by you, Chris. She called me from the supermarket and said, can you do me a favor? Can you, uh, Cash App or whatever the hell it was, can you send me some money? I'm in a line at the grocery store and I can't pay my bill. This woman, this woman had $1.2 million a year before. She's crying and she, and we're way off the topic of sports, right? She's crying, but she's like, I'm looking in my Louis Vuitton uh, wallet and don't even have enough to pay for my food. And I couldn't help her. And I didn't feel feel like I was obligated to, but I tried to tell her, money goes quick is the point I'm making. And if you're not replacing it, you better have a plan. Yeah, I feel like we could have a Money Talks podcast. I feel like that could be our second podcast. We can do another podcast to go down this road. This is a little preview of things to come. <laughs> right? I mean... Uh, yeah, well, speaking of... $1.2 million? Like, I mean... See, my plan is that I try to be a minimalist. And, like, I don't need more than what I have. Right? It would be nice to drive a Porsche. But do I need a Porsche? Well, nobody needs them. You know the guy who drives a Porsche, why he drives it? Because he can. Yeah. He don't need that shit, but he, he can have it. Yeah. For the smart guys. Because you got some people who they they went to their IRA to buy a poor. That's stupid. That's dumb. Right? But you, listen, there are a lot of those people out here, bro. Yeah. I mean, think, think about back to sports. How many tales do we hear of these millionaires being broke? By the time they're 
Who was it? Antoine Walker that was like playing basketball and like yep. the middle middle of Mexico or something like that because he he needed money to pay taxes or something like. Yeah, I. I mean, I even remember watching. I even remember watching Hard Knocks when it was on the Cleveland Browns, and there was this thing talking that they were talking about the money they were making, and they're like, "Oh, well, you got to go with the rule of seventy-two and all this stuff." And I'm like, "Cause they were talking about Dave Ramsey, who's a whole other thing that I don't even want to. That guy, I don't like that guy. But that's a whole other that's a whole other podcast in and of itself. But uh, yeah, it's it's crazy. I just that much money just to be gone, like." Oof. Like I said, I could get through a million pretty quickly if you gave it to me and said, just go balls out. Like, But even then, I would never buy a Porsche. I might buy a nicer version of the car I currently have. You know, like that would be what I would do. Um, I don't. I've, but then again, I'm wired weird because I have like, if you gave me all the money in the world, I'd still probably only buy like a $400,000 house because I don't want to take care of a $16 million house. So, because I'm lazy. So. <laughs> if, if, because then you're paying somebody else to, to take do care it. of yeah. it for you. That's what, that's what you're doing, right? What, the, only, the only splurge purchase, the only thing I would do, this would be my one splurge purchase, is I would hire some sort of chef that just, here's your salary, here's a budget for the food, I want some sort of crazy good meal, like five nights a week, and I'll go out and have dinner the rest. But like, that, that would be my one splurge thing. I would have like a personal chef if I, uh, if I had like a ton of money. The real question is, and I think we should post this on the page, is how many New York Knicks hats does Atticus own? Right? Like, I see five right now in the picture, and I know that's not all of them. I know it's not. So, we we, we, should, we should do some, like, random question giveaway shit. Give out some swag, <laughs> right? How many New York Knicks hats does Atticus own? Do you, do you even know Atticus? Atticus.com on speed <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you even know do you even know Atticus how many how many Knicks hats you have? I don't know. I never really counted them. If you're if you were to put an over under, if you're just to take a ballpark guess. Uh, well, I throw some out over time, so I currently or I, I normally keep a stock of about twenty. So there was at one point where there was this uh, hat line where they would take like mascots of colleges, but kind of make them like PG thirteen. So like uh, like Georgia Tech, it's at Buzz, you know, just like stuff that was like kind of like you know alcohol related, or uh, they had like LBJ State and just stuff like that. Um, I, I, and so I collected those for me. I think at one point I got up to like twelve. That's that's the biggest collection of anything I've ever had, other than outside of baseball cards and stuff. But yeah, my Giants hat collection is disgusting. So it's bigger. What? It's, big, it's bigger than your Knicks collection. Yeah, it's bad, Mike. It's bad. I mean, how many blue hats that say NY on them can do you really need? You, you don't. You do it because you can. It's just like the Porsche. You know, you don't need it. Well, so unfortunately, my my uh, stuff, the stuff that I collect is like absurd. Like I have a uh, one thousand uh, dollar Mont Blanc JFK pen. It's a fountain pen. They, so Mont Blanc comes out with like uh, they they do like memorial. Like there's a Walt Disney pen. There's an Albert Einstein pen, and they all have like little different things that mean different things on thing. But yeah, I have a John F. Kennedy one thousand uh, dollar Mont Blanc fountain pen. It's probably like the single most extravagant thing I own. But other than that, I'm a minimalist, so you know, I got my tag on. It's all it's all good. Her tag. <laughs> okay. 
So what are we talking about next week? Draft recap, ah. Uh. Oh shit, yeah. That's right. <laughs> I mean I'm excited we'll, about that. We'll probably be I we'll probably have excited. we'll probably have the, the final round of the drafts going while we're while we're talking, I'd assume. Um it will need to be a little bit later next week just because I am coming in, uh I'll be coming back from Hollywood, Florida. So probably be a little bit later in the afternoon that I get back, like say two or three. I'll let you guys know, but it'll probably be a little, a little bit later next week. All right, all right, guys. And I'll see probably if I can. Uh, I see. I'll see if up. I can talk her into the uh, on her birthday uh, podcast of the of the draft. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, at least through the top fifteen. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. She yeah. wants to watch. And well, she wants think. to watch the first round anyway because Green Bay's not going to pick toward the end. So we'll see. We'll, yeah. we'll we'll see what we can do. We, we will lose one game between now and next week. So our, our winning streak will come to an end as the New York Knicks. But we're still going to the playoffs, baby. Uh, if you don't make the playoffs at this point, that's that's an utterly disastrous downfall. That would be disgusting. If you don't make the playoffs at this point, one of, one of our future podcasts will just be me laughing for a solid 45 minutes. And, and I would deserve it. But, you know, the only thing that could stop that from happening would be injury. That's it. They're yeah. just playing too well. Well, that, that yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't laugh if someone was injured. Yeah. It, it would be some kind of a horrific injury. And not for nothing, we had two centers go down in one game and still found a way to win with our fourth string center. Well, and, and I don't think you have a good center, right? Like, I mean, I think that's the one area on your team – that if you were to bring in, I think I posed you the question last week, put in Bede in the middle on the New York Knicks. They're, they're finals contention, period. End of story. Uh-huh. I'll tell you what, well, if the, if the I Knicks... Think we have, I think we have three competent centers. We don't have three above the line, above average centers. Mitchell Robinson and Arlene's Noel are tremendous at shot blocking. Tremendous. The pick and roll that, and the chemistry that Mitchell Robinson has with our point guards is 30 times better than anybody else on our team. Um, Todd Gibson, he's just got that veteran, knows where to be, how to play, how to move, how to pivot, um, um, basketball IQ that makes him a valuable person on our team. But are any one of them dominant? Absolutely not. But they play well within our offensive and defensive schemes, which helps them to win games. But the shot-blocking ability by these guys. Erlene's Noel is unbelievable at his shot-blocking abilities. He has blocked shots to keep us in the lead where we'd be down by one after a team's clawing back, clawing back, clawing back. Block a shot. That that brings the momentum right back into the Knicks, and they end up winning that game. So it's they're pretty good. You, you Knicks know have a, a, a treacherous road. They trip do coming up. They do. All right. So like they got two games. They got Phoenix and Chicago at home. Right. Before they hit the road. Right. I think they lose to Phoenix. Right. They well, better beat Chicago real quick. Both of you guys, and then I need to wrap up actually. Yeah. Because you both have done a, a magnificent job of projecting Nick wins over five and eight game stretches. Magnificent. Where do where will we be? Um, what will be our record of our next five games? Let's just do the rest of the season. 
Now we can't do the rest of the season because well, not happen too quickly. You don't know. But there's only there's only five, six, there's seven, like fourteen eight, games, nine, 10, right? eleven. You have eleven games left. Okay, let's do eleven games. Can I can I get here the schedule first? And we'll yeah, I want to bring it up. Phoenix at home. Phoenix in New Wallace. York. Phoenix at in New York. I think they lose. Lose, yeah, loss. Chicago at home. They win. win. Houston. Now win. the next six games are on the road. At Houston. Win. At Memphis. Win. At Denver. Loss. At Phoenix. Loss. At Clippers. Win. At Lakers. Really? Okay. Clippers, I, I just don't. They're good. I just don't. I don't know. There's just something about them. They just something seems off with that team. At Lakers, uh, depends who's healthy, right? Yeah, depend. The Lakers depends on where they are in the standings. Because like I get, I could see LeBron and AD taking that game off. So that's a toss up. That that they done took the last fifteen off anyway, right? Yeah, they like, have. They, it could it could depend on where they are. They just rested up for the playoffs. I hate that, by the way. Which again is another notch as to why LeBron will never be the GOAT. End of story. Just saying. And Chris, I know you love that. <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and ignore that and say, if the Knicks make the finals, I will buy a... Uh, it's going to be the white jersey. The finals. Okay. Well, if they... Okay, never mind then. Never mind then. I was going to say, I buy a Nobi Toppin jersey and cheer him on with you, but... Well, you said that a couple of weeks ago, so... Yeah, well, I'm saying I'm reiterating my, my willingness to buy a Nobi Toppin White New York. Five and six, four and seven. I'll give them five and six out of their last 11. The road trip is treacherous. Well, it's to the West Coast, too, uh, which which is unfortunate. This is this is a tough stretch. Um, you know, it's hard to really figure the Knicks. And, and I'm a Knicks fan. For, I'm, I'm like sick. You guys know this. This is not new information for you. But the Knicks in flashes will play like they're already playing good but there are times when they play unbelievable where you're like there's no way they're going to win this game like we we beat the bucks twice this year okay the first time they had all their players the second time they were down Jonas didn't play right we beat boston destroyed them now i i know i'm, I'm talking about in the east right now but then we'll play a team like the Mavericks and look like shit and then play them again and beat them. And not for nothing, when we beat the Mavs the second time, while the score was fairly close, the gameplay was not that close. We were handling the shit out of Dallas when we played them. Play the Warriors. We lose by eight points. And it was a closer game than that. They just closed it out a little bit better and made their shots during the end of that game. But the last 11, you said five and six, largely because we've got a, a, a road stretch playing the Western Conference. That's probably, probably right, but I think you can make an argument to say that they'll go seven and four also. But they could. You really got to see. I don't know. They could. You know, and I think, I think Chris brought up a great point. Like, it depends on who's playing. Like, right. our, our team is going to start sitting people. Like, that's, you know, we're at the end of the season. And if you're locked in, you know, the NBA is a day off kind of, kind of league anyway. 
So the momentum means something too. It does. The Knicks does. has incredible momentum right now. Dude, Julius Randle is playing lights unbelievable. out. He can't even believe how he plays. Lights out. That's the Wait, one. Hold like, on a second. Not just Julius Randle. How about Derrick Rose? How about Barrett? Barrett's RJ Obi Toppin. Chris's boy hitting three pointers like it's nothing. Can I can I say the one Achilles heel of the Knicks, especially as they get into the playoffs, is going to be? They have good players. Don't get me wrong. No, no, no. They have good players. I, I'm trying to be nice. I'm trying. I'm trying to turn the corner here. They they're going to be. They they have good players. They don't have the superstar, and that's they don't. That's the pro, that's what Brett Denver ran into those few years after they got rid of Carmelo Anthony. It's just what happens. They're going to run into a you know a, a team that's got a couple superstars that run into Miami, and that superstar is going to get all the calls because that's how the NBA works, and that's ultimately what what's going to do the Knicks in. They just they need that superstar player that's gonna like get those calls in crunch time, and they don't have. They it. need a superstar center. They need a like every other position is solid for the Knicks, and I I agree with what you said about their their center play for this season, right? Like, but if they have a superstar center, watch out. Well, you know who's a free agent at the end of this year? I think I'm pretty sure I'd have to look it up again. But isn't uh, AD a free agent after this year? He is. I don't see him leaving L.A. I don't know. California's in a, a fucking cesspool right now, so I, I might want to leave L.A. But to go to New York, eh. then play on a play on a good. I mean, I, I guess it depends on what, how much. Like, I don't know what's important to people. Like to me, winning a championship. Yeah, why not? Anyway, why don't we wrap it up there? I'll hopefully see you guys later this week. If not, we'll uh, we'll recap the draft next week. All right. Good guys. Have a good Sunday. Take it easy, boys. Have a good day. Well, everybody, that wraps up our show for this week. Thanks for listening. Here's a random weekly fun fact for you. 1988 is the only year of the modern draft era in which a quarterback was not taken in the first two rounds. The first quarterback taken off the board that year was the 13th pick of the third round to the Arizona Cardinals, who took Tom Tupa. Tupa would go on to make an all-pro team as a punter. Anyway, this has been the Football Trash Talk for Real Fans podcast. It's been a pleasure, and as always, F.O. Team. Stay safe out there.